Well, Ricky, um, <coughs> in a fourth episode, we're going to take a bit of a sideways turn, such that uh, if you haven't heard the previous three episodes, don't feel like you need to go and listen to them. I would highly recommend it, but uh, in order to understand this one, uh, I don't think you necessarily need to go back. Um, and we've been talking uh, around, uh, you know, came up and did a job for your father-in-law and uh, we're talking around things like the purpose within work, our, uh, maybe the purpose within our vocation, um, and what drives us, what motivates us uh, when we are now in the kingdom of God. And uh, then you are switching into using the word reality and it's straight away I'm reminded of, of the passage of scripture which is... Um, you know, been embedded in me, if you like, Colossians 3, since you've been raised to new life with Christ, set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ mm. sits in the place of honour at God's right hand. Yeah. Think about the things of heaven, not the things of earth. Yeah, yeah. For you've died to this life and your real life is hidden with Christ in God. Yeah. And I, you know, whether other translations use real, but that, it's, it's like, that is the thing. Everything else is like, not a figment of your imagination, but... The reality is in Christ. Yeah, yeah. And so I guess this episode, I'm, you know, we're going to bounce around a bit, but you know, talking between um, understanding, as you said in the last episode, see things that are truly significant, yeah. things that we think are significant and we place a lot of importance on, but actually aren't the realities. Yes. Yeah. And how that plays itself out in our work, our vocation, where we're planted to yeah. bear the image of God into this world, so yeah. other people know His love. Yeah. Good. Um, Look, it's it's useful perhaps for people to visualise if they're familiar with the movie The Matrix that's been cited by a number of people um, in the church. Uh, that moment when Neo is pulled from the Matrix after he takes the red pill uh, and discovers the ugly reality of the real, the what the real world is, really, really is. looks like. Yeah, yeah. And Morpheus says to Neo, "Welcome to the real." Yeah. And it's you know. What we have to start getting a grasp of in our in our kingdom life is to live in the supernature. The supernatural yeah. Yeah. is our reality. Yeah. Uh, and the other reality that we're being painted, this um, which isn't necessarily a happy reality, you know, um, because in the Matrix they're made to feel or think that they're living in a nice world, but you know, it's it's not all pretty. But that's not actually the reality we now live in in the kingdom. And so um, we need to be alert to the spiritual activity that is going on around us and also the, um, the spiritual actors, you know, angels and demons that are involved. And this isn't, you know, jumping at shadows behind things or intercession necessarily, but to start um, praying and thinking into these things on a, as, as part of our reality, not as part of our, well, maybe this happens, I don't really know, because it is part of the reality. And yeah. these things, as we've walked out what we do in church, the things that we see in the New Testament are not things that ceased to happen yeah. uh, a long time ago. They're still around and active today, uh, including the demonic. Um, so we, uh, the importance of that, and I just reread, uh, just read The Shack uh, recently, um, because I've been listening to the podcast by Wayne Jacobson and his mate Brad uh, Cummings, I think it is, and um, they've been getting excited about the release of the movie The Shack. Yeah. There's a beautiful moment, and this isn't a spoiler, by the way, but a beautiful moment in the story where God lifts Mac, Mac is having this vision, which is the basis of The Shack, lifts Mac out of the real into the supernature, into the reality. One of the beautiful pictures in that is he shows um, the unique colours and smells, fragrances of relationships between individuals. Yeah, yeah. And like my relationship with you has a certain colour and dynamic, yeah. but mine with Taya is different, mine with Kristen is different, yeah. mine with you know Peter and anyone else. All unique and special to God. 
and uh, also that we individually are all uniquely and specially created and knit as that verse I think in Isaiah says of how, how God knit us together in our womb, yeah. something the pro-life movement shares a lot. Yeah. Um, when you shift out of the so-called reality to looking supernaturally at who we are and who God has made us to be, then what we start seeing is this incredible reality about how special we are to God and how our love for Him and our love for each other is special and unique and we are actually creating something of true beauty when we do life in love with each other. Mm. And I think when we get a grasp on that, and this can move us nicely into the topic about talents, because this stuff kind of blows people's mind a bit, you start to get to that thing I said about significance and how what seems significant to the world, some guy standing on a podium waving his arms saying we're going to change the world, yeah. is actually totally insignificant. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's Emperor's New Clothes stuff. The significant is the spiritually significant stuff in our reality, the supernatural reality that actually means means the world and, and maybe planting a seed for something that only comes to fruition many years later. I'm, I'm going to kind of... Uh... Uh, talk around the issue of not the issue the the word supernatural or the what we think of when we think of the supernatural because you know tell me if I'm understanding you correctly but mm. um, in the supernatural we often default to thinking about you know legs growing longer and people being raised from the dead and things which just seem totally beyond the capacity for anything in this earth to apply the same result mm. uh, how, however and I think this is perhaps where you're coming from but mm. I'm putting words in your mouth now potentially um the supernatural is when um, our our nature is defied by the nature of God in the normal and mundane. Would, yeah. would you would you would would you agree with that? Or yeah. Well, as I, no, I'm looking for a. You I know, would explain it as um, we allow the veil that is talked about in Scripture, a veil to come over our eyes to not see the reality yes. by accepting a natural reality and refusing to accept supernatural realities. Yeah, the, what do they say? The earthly principles, I think, yep. in, in, in 1 Corinthians 10 or something. Now, I will give something away about the shack if I go into one of those examples, but um, people who have experiences, and you were sharing about like this over lunch, you know, a connection you have with someone where you go, well, that was a coincidence. Now, immediately you call something a coincidence, and if it is something that glorifies God, we well, are immediately saying succumbing to the world's veil and say, well, that was just a coincidence. Yeah, happy chance. Christians like to use the word God incidence. Yeah. Um, I've got another word for it, a co-influence. You know, sometimes I think well, that sometimes it's not just a God incidence or a coincidence. It's actually something that has been a significant connection point between you and another person that could not have been contrived in any other way. And part of why I give glory to God for where I am in what I do in politics is because of co-influences, because yeah. of people he's put in my path and put alongside me who did not look significant at that time. Yeah. People who just seemed like, well, that guy's, what's he going to contribute? But then they've walked the journey with me, you know, two by two, going out with just your staff, and suddenly things start developing and growing around that. So I've learned that if you follow God um, in that, in the prophetic, in the in the supernatural instruction yeah. about what is really worth doing, then suddenly a lot of stuff that people say is really important to do doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, because yeah. God, you're letting God like that illustration I used in an earlier podcast. He's in the driver's seat. You're in the passenger seat. You can see where he's taking you. But he's showing, he's explaining to you as he goes, well, this is important to me. This, this dirt track that I'm taking you on is actually 
I'm not going to use the term shortcut, but it's significant because it takes you to somewhere that you wouldn't get to if you went down the highway. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, follow ye down the narrow path. Down the narrow path. Actually, I, you know, as you were saying that, I'm, I'm not to correct you, but I mean, I'm thinking about God taking the driver's seat, and I only just saw a small segment of rally car driving the other day, and I saw the navigator being buffeted about, but the driver only did what the navigator told him to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe even the rally car could be an enhancement of the analogy. Everything falls short, yeah. of course. No, I get it. Yeah, no, yeah, I get yeah. It. yeah, yeah. Um, <coughs> so I just want to encourage people in that as we talk about things about talents and for instance and significance is that we need to start living in the supernatural and that doesn't mean you know magic tricks and things like yeah, that yeah. but living expectantly that God will show us things that you couldn't comprehend or understand in the physical in the so-called real but God gives you an ability to understand these things because of his, his realm of the supernatural he often uses things which are uh, that grab our attention, if you like, to remind us of what's present always. And and a story that comes to mind is um, I was down dropping it, um, dropping into Nigel Knowles' um, place to pick something up for our business, and um, I did that maybe once every two weeks, five minutes drop in. Kate, his wife, came out and just said, um, oh, here's a big pot that I've just bought off Gumtree. Had a little quick chat. I was about to leave. She said, look, if, if you could, could you stay a couple of seconds longer because I've got a couple of guys coming to look at a dishwasher we put on Gumtree. Um, next thing a car drove up, two guys hopped out, and I said, G'day Peter, g'day Daniel. These two people we've known for 10, 15 years, Taya, um, his wife was Taya's mentor. They live in absolutely Victoria, near where we were farming, mm-hmm. used to be in Mount Gambia. They'd seen her on Gumtree, travelled four hours to Adelaide, purchased off Nigel and Kate, I just happened to be there. And as I drove away, I thought, I don't think I said anything particularly profound to Peter. I don't feel like he said anything to me that was revelatory. Mm-hmm. But I felt God reminding me that when when it's unplanned and you see it as something which seems like a coincidence, it gets your attention. Yeah. But the fact that you and I are sitting in this room right now, we got our diaries out or mm. we planned it. Yeah. But God has arranged that as supernaturally as yep. he did that co-influence. Yeah. And Kim, my meeting we had in the Barossa recently at lunch, Kim was sharing... Um, Kim Bissett. Kim Bissett, yeah. um, farmer out from the, um, Bower, the metropolis of Bower. Um was sharing about a gum tree encounter just like that. You know, yeah, where this right. guy, um, he encountered through this, uh, this guy had been praying that God would send something, send one to him, a bit like Cornelius. Oh, yeah, yeah. And know. it turns out that I know this guy as well. Yeah. 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 And yeah. Kim just happened to be that available person that God sent to that person to bring mm. uh, a kingdom perspective on what he was going through at that very moment. Not yeah, a coincidence, yeah. Yeah. you know, a, a God incidence or a co-influence. Yeah, yeah. So you were, um, what were you talking around? Reality, yeah, vocation, and, just, and getting to vocation, talent, talents, yeah, and talents. But to remember, and for those who might want to sneer about, you know, science settling all things, science is starting to be challenged about some of the very laws of physics at the moment, yeah, and quantum physics in particular. So they're starting to discover supernatural realities, yeah. in science. So it's easy to dismiss this from a so-called scientific perspective, but even they're starting to wonder, well, maybe there's something more to what we can actually. See and feel. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. Yeah, um, so just on to talents, um, because um, obviously people people can see, um, you know, what I'm doing and where I work and see, you know, maybe I'm using my talents well, but i just take people back to Matthew 25 um, and not just about the parable of the talents. I just want to hear, you know, from God in the end, I've used my talents, you know, that he's given me yeah. effectively, but then read what it says about the sheep and the goats as well, is that, 
when God has given people abilities, it's not just to be showy and flashy or achieve things that the world will pat you on the back about. Uh, some of these things are, like he says here, uh, you know, when I was um, hungry and you fed me, when I lacked clothing and you gave me, uh, put a clothing on my back, I was sick and you looked after me in prison and you visited me. Yeah. You know, and those aren't a conclusive list. You know, it's an illustration yeah. that um, Christians who have been given talents aren't just given talents to win the approval of the world, but to do those, again, that word, significant things for the kingdom, uh, you know, to reach out and to love people, because it's got to come back to love. It's it's interesting you mentioned that parable because I was speaking to a, a friend in Horsham called Peter Fitzgerald and and uh, he said notice Craig that the increase is for Christ or for the Master mm. that you know whatever whatever we're plying is not for our own significance or our own yep. success or our own adulation by people of the world yep. but our new reality is in Christ and so it, it it's essentially Christ motivating us to bring rise to His own name mm. and profit the profit from the gift that He's given is for Him. And it kind of, it, it helps me because you see what you have and you know, this is not about me anymore. Yeah, cause, and, and it shouldn't be about, you know, sort of to try and finish off, but that point I've shared with you a few times about the end of John's Gospel where um, a question uh, is asked about John and Jesus effectively says, well, you know, that's between me and John. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? And then Peter, and Peter has asked just before that, the reason he asks about John because he gets a pretty bum rap from yeah, Jesus. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there's, there's where do I rank? Something in that for us too as Christians about um, you know where we might be led. Uh, read that stuff from the end of John's Gospel. But my point is, as Christians, we can. My my sister says comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. We can compare ourselves to others who you know we see in the Christian or worldly context and think, well, he's doing mighty deeds, or he's you know in the newspapers or whatever else, or he's a famous singer. But that's not what it's all about. And if no. you actually talk to a, a genuine Christian in those contexts, they won't say, oh, yeah, yeah, God did this because, you know, I'm fantastic. They'll know and give glory to God because he's used their talents that he's given them for that context. But what I'm saying is there are other things that are unseen, other things that people do, are wonderful deeds of charity and help, and people who are simply, you know, providing for a family yeah. and raising up the next generation these things are equally significant to what the world would give credit to. In fact, you could argue more significant because wherever the world's giving it credit, it's likely to have little kingdom kingdom purpose. Well, as my cousin Phil Jobbik says in regard to justification, that the ground is level at the foot of the cross. Yeah. And if that is true, then also the ground is level at the um, the worthiness that Christ gives us yeah. in relation to what we do because it's intrinsically about giving himself into us that we receive the gift yeah, that, that brings us into the space of then transforming our work into a supernatural yeah. work, yeah, which seems mundane often. Yeah, well, even the first person to get into the kingdom of heaven, you could argue, was the thief on the cross next to it. Yeah. Did not do a single thing to earn Jesus' favour except to say, just take me to paradise with you. He wasn't a CEO of yeah. high, you know, a Fortune 500 club or anything. One of the Gospels, he says to the other thief, shut up, you know, we earned what we're getting, yeah. but this guy didn't. Yeah. You could argue that was a work. But leave that aside, um, in the end of the day, it was through Christ uh, that we you know, earn yeah. uh, our place in the kingdom. And that means that if we feel, if we're burdened by not having done anything significant with our life, or uh, there's never, no better time to start than the present. Yeah. Uh, if you want to st um, start making an impact, but also don't start doing something from scratch 
have a look at, do a do an audit, with, like kingdom audit of yeah. where you are placed, your garden as we've talked about yeah. before. You may well find that God has actually given you relationships and contexts where through love you can actually start having that kingdom influence or maybe you didn't even realise you already were having that influence. Yeah, I've, I've got to say, Ricky, you know, the... The concept I think everybody would listen to and go, yeah, that that's fantastic. But the, the reality of what happens tomorrow when you step out the door to jump on whatever it is that you do, um, you know, the significance can diminish when you see the way the media portrays so many other things which seem significant. So, you know, I guess the work within the body is to continue to encourage our encourage each other to keep our eyes fixed on Christ, mm. to, to be reminded of the realities, to see how he is working within what we do so that... We can, can be faithful in not burying the talent out of fear, not yeah. uh, squan- not not comparing our talent and feeling yeah. uh, awash. And, and the media's work is to cultivate fear and panic in people so they yeah. keep coming back to the media for the latest updates because yeah, that yeah. sells advertising space. Yeah. They're not going to sell you that the world is good and you can go and shoot out for three months because everything's going smooth. Yeah. So that's the reality I'm inviting people to tune into is a kingdom reality where God is in charge and that all of the stuff the media tells you is dramatic and terrible in the world is not really that significant yeah. for God. And if we tuned into what he said was the significant, we'd spend a lot less time worrying and getting grey hair and losing sleep over things because we know who's in charge. Or being tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. Exactly. Or yeah. as uh, you know, I think uh, Pete Rowland says something to the effect of, um, um, yeah, what did he say? I can't remember. Yeah. Oh, he says once you once you read a Pete uh, when, when, once you read a Josh McDowell book, which was fantastic at the time, he said you then have to read another one, and then you have to read another one, and you get yourself on this bandwagon of having to read a new thing that does the next thing that does yeah. the next thing, but to find yourself centered in Christ and stable and and yeah. satisfied and content. And there's only one spirit that speaks to the church, as we hear in Scripture, and so you know we should yeah. never latch onto one guru. Uh, we should. Try and read our Bible for ourselves, talk to God ourselves. There is no mediator between God and man, only Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. And so um, we, I encourage people to um, you know, not just listen to these podcasts but others yeah. and, and test what they're hearing because they will find from whether they're in China or New Zealand or America, they will hear through the Holy Spirit that, that, that God is saying the same thing to the church all over the globe. Yeah, yeah. And you know, a good reminder too that these podcasts are not definitive, principled, well thought through theological teachings, they're, they're musings and thoughts and stories that help us help to catalyse thoughts and prayers and, and each of us to function in the body as we should so that Christ can be glorified yeah. and held up. And we can be be uh, be agents for him in his light into the world. So look, Ricky, thank you for the time you spent with us. Pleasure. Um, I hope and expect we can do this again in the future and uh, I feel like even this particular episode we could have gone 15 different ways and... Uh, Time doesn't allow it, um, but that's, it is what it is. <laughs> As a wise man once said, under heavy sedatives. <laughs> Thanks, Ricky. Cheers, mate. Talk soon.